Welcome to the Mission Cleveland Weekly Podcast, Encouragement and Hope in a Despairing World. So as you know, this is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and um, historically the theme of this Sunday would be hell. Um, isn't that nice? <laughs> but we're not going to go in that direction necessarily because um, it, it's kind of an interesting dynamic in that we're not having a Christmas Day service, um, and our Christmas Eve service has a whole um, other structure. It's called Lessons and Carols. So because we don't have a Christmas Day service, I really want to take this fourth Sunday of Advent and continue to um, to notice and pay attention to this journeying through the darkness of Advent while also drawing on some of that Christmas Day light that we know is coming in one week from today. And so with that in mind, I'd like to offer this theme for the homily today, and that is Christmas magic. That might sound silly, um, but I will hopefully make it make sense to some degree. Um, But we all know, we've all heard that phrase, Christmas magic, before. We've heard someone call this season a magical season. I know I do it because, quite frankly, I believe that it is. I believe that there's something happening in this season that feels beyond us. There's something markedly different about this time. Now, we could ask, what is that or where does that come from? Is it the lights? Is it the Christmas music? Is it like the cozy, warm beverages by the fire? I don't know. Is it quality time with family and friends? There's so many things that you could, you could say, maybe this is where that magic comes from. But whatever it is, I believe that it's something that takes us beyond the mundane, that helps us break out of the normalcy of day-to-day life. And when I say magic, please know I do not mean witchcraft or sorcery or anything like that. I just mean the supernatural, something that is indeed beyond us. Episcopal priest Fleming Rutledge is someone that you have heard um, quoted a couple different times in this Advent season, and she speaks to this idea of Christmas magic as it pertains to the Advent story in one of her homilies from her book about Advent, which is a great resource if you've never read it. Um, And I'm just going to paraphrase what she says in that homily. She says, we want magic on the screen in the stores, on the street, and in the catalogs. But when the real thing is right there staring us in the face, we refuse to believe it. We try every way we can think of to make it just another pretty story about a nice family with a new baby. Now, I don't think I have to tell you all that this story is anything but that. This is not just another pretty story about a nice family with a new baby. This is a story full of impossibilities, of supernatural intervention. And in this way, I think this story is in fact magical. Now, it fits in quite nicely with Father Luke's sermon last week, actually, as he explored John the Baptist's big question and Jesus' response to that question. So if you'll remember, John the Baptist says, are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? And Jesus' reply 
says, he says, go and tell John, the blind receive their sight and the lame walk, lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. Impossibilities, right? Those are impossible things. It's as if Jesus is saying, the impossible has become possible. And that is how you will know that I'm the one. That's how you will know. Impossible things will be done. And in our gospel text for today, this is a story of one impossible thing after another. Now, I don't want to skip over that this is Annunciation Sunday, and so we don't get that text today, but I think we would be remiss to just pass over that. So the first impossibility I see is that an angel comes to a virgin, a young girl early in her teenage years, announcing that she will become pregnant through non-human means. That's impossible. And Mary, likely overwhelmed by every emotion imaginable, in an impossible situation where if she went through of it, through with it, she would be faced with immense shame. She voices what I feel are near impossible words. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be. How? As a young girl in that context, faced with that situation, could she come to those words so quickly? It just feels impossible. And then today, we get Joseph's response in our story. And scripture tells us that as he considered these things, as he considered what to do in the midst of this situation, he was an honorable man. He wanted to save Mary from facing all of that shame. He wanted to protect her. He wanted to be kind to her and honor her. So as he rationalized and as he reasoned, as he devised a different plan, as he tried to find a way out of this mess, that's when the angel comes to him in a dream. And we find out that he actually has a similar response to Mary. We don't get it explicitly But we know that he says, okay, to what the angel is saying. He obeys. He takes Mary as his wife. He says with his actions, let it be to me according to your word. It's as if their responses are nearly the same. An impossible response in light of an impossible situation. And then we have Emmanuel. This promise of God with us, and maybe that promise alone is not so absurd, but God with us in this way, God with us in the womb of a 14-year-old girl, through her birth canal with, with blood and with water and her sweat and her tears and dirty diapers and, and difficulties of breastfeeding, all of it, he came to us in that way? in our human form? The fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah 7 did not fulfill expectations. It really defied all expectations in an impossible way. The divine actually becoming human. Can it really be? So what does this mean for us? Where are we in all of this, in this story? 
I think it's important to note that then and now, this story does not need a stamp of human approval to be real or to be true. Because we're not naturally inclined to approve of things that seem beyond us or that seem out of our control or beyond our capacity to understand. But really, we're a lot more like Joseph, I think. Where we are inclined to consider these things pertaining not just to this story, but maybe to a lot of ways that God is at work and moving in our lives. Sometimes we, we stop and we want to try to maybe find a way out, find a way to explain it away, to make it make sense. But friends, the reality is we can't always make it make sense. We have an angel and we have a virgin, and we have a carpenter from the line of David, and then we have a God baby. The magic is in the mystery. How can we make that make sense? And I think what we get from that is that we are a people for whom the impossible has been made possible through the Christ child. Do we believe that? I want to pause here and tell a more lighthearted and a little bit embarrassing personal story. Um, <clears throat> when I was, I guess, about 19, I was a sophomore in college, and I went back to school early in August for volleyball preseason things. And what I didn't know then is that I was experiencing a good bit of anxiety, and I was experiencing it in physical um, form, I guess you could say, having physical symptoms. And so I couldn't eat. I felt like I just had a, this pit in my stomach. So then I would feel nauseous and I would feel tired and I would feel lightheaded. And so then I'd try to go to practice and I would get dizzy right away. And so my coach was finally like, Peyton, you got to figure this out. Like, what is going on with you? Maybe you should go to a walk-in clinic later and let them take a look at you. So I said, okay, I'll go to a walk-in clinic this evening. So I did, and they did all the normal things, took my vitals and um, did some blood work. And then a female physician comes in the room and she says, well, um, do you think you could be pregnant? Now, if you knew 19-year-old me, you know that my response would be, oh, how dare you <laughs> suggest such a thing? But something in that moment, maybe this is just my personality, it was like, of course I'm not, because, you know, I haven't, you know, and if there's another way I don't know about, maybe you should tell me. And I thought, well, it happened to Mary. I guess it could be happening again, but who am I going to be birthing? <laughs> it's so silly, but you know I went back to my dorm room and for the next like five days was Googling, like, are there other ways to conceive a child than this way? It's silly, but for some reason, whether it had anything to do with the knowledge of this story or not, Somehow I thought the impossible could be possible for me. Why? I don't know. I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> That's right. That's right, Daryl. And I just tell that story to say that very thing, that the impossible truly has become possible for each one of us. And it's not just collective, but it's individual. That impossible is now possible for you and for you and for you and for you and for you, every single person. Do we believe that? Because sometimes it's easy to believe for all of us. Sure, we know that impossible things can happen because Scripture says that nothing is impossible with God. 
But do we believe it for our own personal lives? I think if we let this story really sink down deep enough, we might start to believe that for ourselves. So I know someone is probably going to throw something at me if I say the word impossible one more time. So I'll be ready, but I'm going to say it again. That in closing, I think that only something impossible could draw us out of this Advent darkness that we've been walking through into the light of Christ coming, the light of Emmanuel. I love singing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, during the prayers because it's this longing, O come, O come. But then I feel like now we're transitioning to that place of rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel has come to thee. Emmanuel has come. Behold, behold, don't miss it. Behold with your eyes and with your heart the impossible and declare that it really is happening. The light has broken in and the light is breaking in and the light will always continue to break in. I'll say it one more time, the impossible has been made possible and we are witnesses to that. And is that not, bringing it full circle, the true meaning of Christmas magic? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Speak truth to my heart. Thanks for listening. Join us at the Mission Cleveland next week.